Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. I'm Connor. I'm here with Mike. This is a podcast about the church and for the church, and we are excited to uh, dive in today. Thank you for listening. We appreciate uh, that you do tune in and hear what we have to say. Sometimes Mike and I feel like we're just rambling to a, an empty room or to these microphones, but but uh, we're glad that people listen. We yeah. think they do, at least. We do. We hope people listen. Yeah. We could be just doing this for ourselves <laughs> and, and to honor God. That's right. Occasionally, but if you did tune in, we're so glad. Occasionally, people <laughs> say, hey, I listened to the podcast last week, yes. and it's always nice to hear that. Oh, yes. um, no, but in all seriousness, we're glad to be with you, and we want to get into uh, the topic for the day, which is, what should I think about the term evangelical? That's what we're going to talk about today. This is a bit prompted by uh, Micah, a pastor, a not famous pastor, but prominent pastor in some circles at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, just recently came out and said, I'm no longer an evangelical. Mike, you know more about this than I, did. I, I, than I do. I just heard about this this morning. But um, I, we think that by that, he's talking you know, about distancing. He, he's trying to distance himself from a certain political stream, a certain maybe conservative political stream, a certain Christian nationalist stream. So there's a lot of layers to unpack here, but mm-hmm. we wanted to take this opportunity to talk about the word evangelical. And maybe, maybe you know, you've wondered before, should I identify as an evangelical? Maybe you're thinking, what is an evangelical? So we can touch that a bit. But Mike, do you want to jump in with any initial thoughts and then we can kind of just go from there? Yes, I will. I will jump in with some thoughts. So, okay, so here's the thing. I think... Where do we? Where should I start? Where should I start? Um, it's interesting. So Thabiti Anyabili is is the guy. Okay, that we that we were referring to. Did right. you name his name? I can't remember. I didn't, and okay. it's because I don't know how to pronounce it. That's okay. Thabiti Anyabili. You just say it like really like confidently, <laughs> and if, if I'm wrong, you know, someone can write me and tell me. So, but here's the thing. He has had. Um, some interesting. He got some. He's had some heat over the last few years based on some of his views of of some things that wouldn't be considered essential for salvation issues, but you know, having to do with race relations and having to do with um, uh, just different views that have kind of really um, I don't know stirred everybody up. I don't know. And look, we, for, for context, I was yeah. going to jump in. If anybody has, is listening to this and has been through the book. Uh, what is it called? Marks of a Healthy Church Member. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not the exact title, but it's the church. Nine Marks of a Healthy, Nine church, marks member. Of a healthy yeah. church Member. Okay, we, we used to we used to uh, walk people in the membership class through that book, and people would read it. So maybe you've read that. But anyways, that this this pastor is the author of that book. Right. But sorry. Go ahead. Mike. Right. And by the way, that book is stellar, and I used it even as uh, one of the textbooks uh, in a seminary class I taught for a number of years. Right. And it's just a really good book, especially on expositional listening and just that's what it starts off with. Right. And just Nine Marks of a Healthy Church Member, it's a great book. He's gotten some heat in, in, you know, in recent years, and I haven't really followed it really closely, okay? But the most recent one, and this is hitting all the news cycles within the last two days, right. two to three days. Right. And so here's one headline from this one magazine, uh, Faithfully Magazine. I don't even know anything about it. I just literally Googled him off. I, I think I took him off of Twitter. But I read something yesterday. This is how I, this is, it's kind of fresh for us. Thabiti Anyabili drops evangelical label saying he just wants to faithfully pastor his church. And basically, you know, he's a prominent pastor and author. He no longer considers himself evangelical, adding that his beliefs have not changed and his desire is to pastor his church and plant others. 
okay? Mm -hmm. So here's what he said. He said, I'm grieved um, over, you know, tensions and divisions within the movement that would be called evangelical. And I think a lot of it has to do with politics and racial issues and um, actually Donald Trump, he mentions, and mm-hmm. sex abuse scandals. Mm-hmm. And he pastors a church in Washington, D.C. at this point. And, um, you know, he's been really um, influential in a lot of a lot of Christian circles, but he's also kind of been dropped by certain circles because they've had these like, I don't know what you want to call it, an infighting or maybe just a uh, difference of opinion that become too big. But let's just focus on this because I agree with with Thabiti on on this. I don't use the term evangelical. I don't. In fact, I I was telling you, Connor, before we started uh, the episode here, that on Sunday in my sermon, which would have been what, February sixth, twenty twenty two, for context, and I had mentioned in my opening uh, comments in my opening illustration, there was a illustration about Jonathan Edwards, but I was using it from Douglas Sweeney's book on him and some things he wrote about him. And so I said that he, you know, made a huge impact on evangelical theology. And I I think that was the first time I've used that term in, you know, ages. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, usually I talk about being a Bible-believing Christian and all that. Why? Well, let's just, can let's break it down. I'm going to break it down to a couple of things. Yeah. What does the word mean to begin with, evangelical? Right. Comes from the Greek word euangelion, meaning gospel or good news. That's where we're technically speaking. Um, and, and the Atlantic, it's interesting, the Atlantic had an article back in 2015 about, uh, did, you, did you know that, defining evangelical? And yep. he talked about Marsden, uh, religious historian George Marsden, who, by the way, is a great writer. I wrote a, I read a book uh, a couple years ago that was one of my favorite books I read all that year, and it was on, uh, it was called Reforming, um, was it Reforming Evangelicalism or Reforming, Reforming Fundamentalism? Okay. I think something like okay. that. And it was about the first 20 years of Fuller Seminary, and it was, it was, uh, I didn't think it was going to be a good book, but I, and I kind of had to read it. And it was like from 1947 to 1967 or whatever, that, hmm. and I'm like, what, what, what's yeah. this going to be about? It was amazing. It was an expose on evangelicals in the Southern California yeah. and Americas in America through those times. Anyway, that to say, um, he once quipped, George Marsden once said that in the, in the 50s and 60s that an evangelical Christian was anyone who likes Billy Graham, okay? So it's just <laughs> this broad-based, you know. And then Billy Graham was asked to define it back in the 1980s, and here's what he said. That's a question I'd like to ask somebody too. <laughs> yeah. So it is so, a bit nebulous. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So no, I'm just saying most most famous evangelical preacher in America couldn't describe what it meant. Right. Right. I think that is very important. If you break the word down, it refers to a person, a church, or an organization that is committed to the Christian gospel message. Right. Jesus is the only savior and all that. But now this is big. Okay? That's not what it means anymore to a lot of people. Right. To some people, it means a, a voting block of politics. Uh, some people think it means um, uh, just a, a catch-all phrase. Right. Right. And so, there's plenty of people. A certain that would say, view on yeah. gender issues, a certain view on racial issues, a certain like a. It, it's, well, maybe, but here's the other thing. I think it, it be, it's been watered down to the point where one of the reasons I don't use it is because I think there's a lot of liberal or progressive views. That get labeled with evangelical. That are within evangelicalism. Yeah. Right, right. I, 
a, a few historians have done a lot, a lot of uh, work around evangelicalism. Mark Knoll, probably more than anybody else. But David, sure. there's a guy named David Bevington who uh, defined evangelical. This is a long time ago. And I think he was trying to wrestle towards something mm-hmm. for traits. Okay. Biblicism. They care about the Bible. Well, I won't use his words, but basically sure. they care about the Bible, the cross, the personal conversion experience of somebody actually being born again, which we used to, be, you know, call more commonly at least born again Christians. Are you a born again believer? Or, yeah, you know, right, right, yeah. And then activism. But I, I think by that he just meant a, a passion for the gospel going forward mm-hmm. to the nation. So when you hear that, you think, well, man. I'm kind of about that, you know, like I'm about the Bible, I'm about the cross, I'm about, yeah. you know, people needing to be personally converted to Christ, and I'm about the gospel going to the world, mm-hmm. but I do think, I think you're right, that it's become so diffused and so watered down that to throw it around now can have the sense of, you know, I, I suppose just, yeah, what, what are you really talking about? And, you know, somebody who might be labeled as an evangelical more broadly in their church context yeah. might look at somebody else in a, in a absolutely different pocket of what would still be labeled as evangelicalism and think, I barely recognize what's going on over there. You know, it's just so foreign to what I'm doing over here. So it, when a word is that squishy, right. it becomes less useful. I, and, I, and I like the way you just said that. It, it has become squishy. You know, people even debate, like, when did evangelicalism started? Most say it's 18th century. So you've got people like Jonathan Edwards, John Wesley, Spurgeon, and Moody later on, where those would have been the leaders of the evangelical movement as, as it started. Well, it's nothing like that today. So I think it's become very squishy, which is one of the reasons I don't use it. And now, funny thing is now it's like, okay, um, it's someone who wants to live based on beliefs of God and his authority and his purposes and his desires. Kind of a generalist kind of thing. Right. Um, a high regard for the Bible, um, conversion, all these kind of things would be would be you know at the heart of that. But I think it's really hard to understand the, the meaning of the term, which is why I don't really use it anymore, because it just has lost its meaning. Words yeah. change over year, right. over time, and, and the meaning of words changes and things right, like that. Right, and I think, and you tell me what you think about this, Mike, yeah. but because there's Matthew 13 in the Bible that talks about the wheat and weeds growing together, right? There's always, every mm-hmm. new generation of the church is going to deal with internal fighting where people are going to be pulling away from the gospel, tempted by the world, but wanting to stay in the church and kind of stir up the pot. Yeah. So with each with each passing generation, you have kind of a new fight for the purity of the gospel and the history of, especially, I would say, since the Reformation in the Protestant church, at least, history has, you know, just kind of witnessed denominations splintering and then splintering again and and splintering again mm-hmm. because a church has essentially lost the gospel or, or a, I should say, a, a subset of a denomination or, or a group has lost the gospel. And then a group who wants to remain faithful to the gospel out of that has to, you know, say, well, we're pulling out and we're going to go do our own thing because we think that, you know, you've lost Christ and the gospel and we, we can't align with you anymore. So this is what I, this is what I'm getting to. Almost without fail, no word will remain, you know, forever a perfect just, you know, encapsulation of, uh, oh, this is a, this is a real, you know, believer in Christ because that's that process is always happening. So, mm-hmm. where is it you once thought were safe? I'm a Protestant. Well, you know, what does that what mean? Does that yeah. mean? No, yeah, I'm right. reformed. Well, there's places where you know they throw around the word reformed, right. and we would say they're absolutely dead, and there's no work yeah. in the spirit at all. So, yeah. Anyways, so here's an interesting thing. I was thinking about this. You go into a like you go to a um, 
a thesaurus and you go, what are some synonyms and antonyms for evangelical? Yeah. It, the, if you go to most of them, they'll say, as in missionary, because that's a evangelical had a missionary hmm. fervor to it, right? Mm-hmm. But again, these things get lost. But okay, if you go to the other end of the spectrum, though, plenty of people will say, I just call myself a follower of Christ. Right. Which also can be helpful and unhelpful depending upon the context yeah. and where you're using it. It could be very squishy, hmm. right? And it could kind of be misleading. I would say that one of the reasons I don't use the term evangelical much is because it is misleading. Mm-hmm. Too many people attach it to a political stance in America um, or a social movement in America. And that's not what we mean. Like if you and I use the term, we mean more like in the lines of Jonathan Edwards right. and, and all these right, guys right. And, and, you know, Spurgeon and what have you. So, you know, I think that there's, let's talk about what terms that we use more often yeah, yeah. in our circles. That's good. Maybe it'll help people from Grace Church right. or anyone listening. And, and, you know, why people will say you should abandon the term evangelical because of the heavy baggage. There was an article um, Daniel Darling wrote back in 2021 about that and because of how how loaded it was. And I remember him saying, but there's there's really good reasons to to keep the title. And that's a good article hmm. to read. Okay. Uh, but anyway, um, but what how what are the the ways we would phrase or would describe ourselves? Because really, it's a it's a descriptor of a group of people, right? Or of yourself, right? Well, let me just say um, a first thought for me would be: I actually tend to pri- I I will primarily identify myself with the with my particular church before I would try to aim at any broader label. Uh, yeah. And I don't know if that's necessarily a helpful way to go, but mm-hmm. you know. To say to even in a conversation, you know, oh, are you, you know, you're a Christian? Yeah, I am. Oh, are you know, are you Catholic? Are you? Well, I'm, I'm a Protestant, mm-hmm. and I just go to a church down the street where we really care about the Bible. Every Sunday, someone's you know mm-hmm. standing up and teaching the church from God's word, and we care about people having faith in Christ, and we believe that's how people are saved. Mm-hmm. And I, I I don't know. I I suppose that gets into a long conversation, but then you can start to actually put some some flesh and blood on that rather than just kind of yeah. you know throwing around terms. But with that said, and I'd, I'd love to hear what you would want to say, Mike, but I would say probably, and I think I've just gotten this from you, Bible-believing Christian is a pretty safe you know, place to start. And then beyond that, I do think it's appropriate to say things like, yeah, I, I am a Orthodox Christian. I, you know, I fall in stream with the, the faithful believers in Christ throughout history, even though, of course, to say you're Orthodox might get people you know, <laughs> thinking towards Eastern sure. Orthodoxy or something. Sure. Uh, or even I'm, a, you know, I, I am aligned with historic Protestantism, you know, Protestantism as it was, you know, first articulated in the days of Reformation. I'm, I'm on board with that, you know, mm-hmm. salvation by faith alone, through grace alone, mm-hmm. uh, in Christ alone. Um, and I care about the Bible and I care about God's glory. So I don't know. Those are, those are a few of the terms okay. that come kind of mind for me. But yeah, what about for you? Okay, so I have a couple terms. I'm going to back it up for just a moment, really quick. Just back the car up a little bit and mention this too. We won't run over anything, but um, early 20th century evangelical was was saying we're not going to go left leaning with mainline Protestant right. denominations. So right. let's make that clear that. Um, in the 20th century, many evangelicals wanted to be labeled as such because they weren't liberal, okay? Right. They were centered on the cross. They were centered on the word. They were centered on conversion and preaching the gospel and all of that. So, And the Bible was centric. So I would say just just 
then they also didn't want to be too legalistic, like fundamentalism would have been, right? Right. But but you look at all of that, and those are all loaded words, okay? Because right. we're very fundamentalist. We believe in the fundamentals of the faith. Like right. We believe in fundamental right. truths that don't move. But here's the terms I use, okay? So I've come up with um, four, actually. And again, I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm going to go with the local church because a, a believer, and you know, we look in the New Testament, you see that anytime churches are being addressed, they're talking about the local churches and a plurality of, of elders in a local church and ministering the ordinances and preaching the word and, and doing church discipline, just doing right. what, the, what the church yeah, is called to do. Right, right, right. But I, would, I use the term true believer, and people hmm. have taken issue with me before. What do you mean true believer? Like you're calling to question my salvation? I'm saying, hmm. well, actually... In Second Corinthians, it says, "Test yourself to see if you're in the faith." Thirteen mm-hmm. five. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there is a you. You should question your own self. I'm not questioning yours, but like you'll know if you're a true believer or not. You'll mm-hmm. you'll know you have assurance of salvation. I talk about being in the body of Christ. Right. So the worldwide body of Christ, comprised of all true believers in the Lord Jesus, who have put their and I do qualify it trusted in the finished work of Christ yeah. in their place as their substitute at the cross, at the paying cross. for their sins. Right. He died, he was buried, he rose on the third day. Right. We believe the gospel message of Christ crucified, risen, yeah. reigning and returning. Yeah. Okay, so I, I qualify it. You, you know I do that in my yeah. preaching. I qualify yeah. it all the time. And I do it almost in every sermon. Which is a great point because some people might say, well, I believe in Christ too, but the Christ that they're talking about is a very different Christ. Right, so, so say the, yeah. the Jesus of the Bible, right. and, and, here's, and here's how specific we're going to get about it. I also would talk about orthodoxy as well. Like I'm an orthodox believer. I believe orthodox Christian truths. And and the idea behind that is straight up Christian truth, straight up biblical truth. Right. And so again, Bible believing Christian. Um, and again, put that in the context of look at the aggregate preaching and teaching of your life, what you're proclaiming. Right. And look at your profession of faith and the fruit that comes out of it. Because at the end of the day, the reason that terms have been changed, descriptive terms for groups of people have been changed, is because as movements have gone this way or that way, some labels kind of stick. Right. Okay? And so everyone has a reputation. Everyone has a label. There's a label on you in your immediate neighborhood where you live. They know you to some degree or another. They might not know your name, but they have an opinion about you if they see you at any for any length of time. And then they get to know you. Now you're going to be known by your reputation. But as I say, the person, you know, you're going to be known by the fruits of your life. And so I think the labels, I don't think we go with the big, big labels. I think we go with, hey, I'm living right here. We're relative. 99.9% of the people who live on earth live in relative obscurity, and the only people who know them are the people in their immediate circles. Right. So just go there. Yep. You know? Yep. Yeah. No, I, I think that makes a ton of sense, which I think, again, just t- to take it full circle, does go back to that local church context. You know, it's, tell me if I'm totally wrong about this, mm-hmm. but it's pretty, it's a pretty recent advent, you know, in church history that we're out searching for a word mm-hmm. that can kind of sweep up a big group across so many <laughs> denominational lines and and I think that when people like you said yeah. when people started to talk you know about being an evangelical it was a guard against certain other ways of seeing the bible seeing the world that we wanted to avoid and say essentially I think that people were trying to say yeah I'm I'm one of the real ones mm-hmm. I really believe you know in the Jesus of the bible and um and yet yeah. again you just see how quickly that's deteriorated so 
to be able to tie your life to the life of a local body mm-hmm. and a, a living, breathing, you know, expression of obedience to Christ, where we are together, submitted to God's word, submitted to godly leadership, observing the ordinances of baptism and the Lord's Supper. Like that's more substantial than just, you know, throwing around a, a label. So Absolutely. So if you do, let me just tag on to that. And I think then we can bring the plane in for the landing. But think about Christian synonyms, okay? Like just what's synonymous, biblically speaking? Well, Christian, first called Christians yep. in Antioch. Yep. Disciple, hmm. okay? Brethren, you know, First Thessalonians, brethren, beloved brethren, brothers and sisters in Christ, family, the saints, the holy ones, right? Um, believers, just the term believers. Mm-hmm. Uh, biblically, it could be called a follower of the way, right? Jesus, right. the way, the truth, and the life. Here's another one, friends, hmm. friends. And then one last one, which is probably my favorite, the elect. Yeah. How many New Testament letters are addressed to or allude to the fact that they are elect, yeah. chosen by God before the foundation of the world? So I just think it's it's startling that those are not the terms we use, but we are, you know, like Colossians 3.12, Paul says, therefore, as as chosen of God, literally eclectos, the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion and mercy and all this, Right. but you're, you're the elect. So that's an interesting, I love that. interesting, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for walking through that. Yeah. I think that's so helpful. Um, well, I think I'm looking at our time. We probably should start to wrap this up. Um, I wanted to maybe just offer, well, I, I had a question for you, but I think I'm just going to maybe, I might just tease this out as kind of teeing up a future podcast. But one thought that I think is just helpful to try to, you know, maybe consider is what danger might there be in identifying with evangelicalism? Um, and there's a lot of different directions that we could go with that. But I do think that one potential danger, and this isn't me just thinking off the top of my head, but just trying to parrot other people saying the same thing. But one danger, and Mike, you mm-hmm. know, if you have any thoughts about this, just that we would be, because it began as a word to kind of create boundaries, you know, I'm, I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not that. There can be a danger of thinking of myself as an evangelical, which is essentially reactionary against all of these views that I don't like, Right. you know, whether it has to do with authority of scripture or kind of moral issues regarding gender or you know, like anything that it might mean. It can just become so reactionary. Well, I'm not this. Oh, I'm not that. I'm not a Catholic. I'm not Orthodox. I'm not, you know, this or that. Um, I'm not a liberal Protestant. Mm-hmm. But then in all of that, to totally undercut the very heart of our own faith which is to know and love the triune god and be immersed in the bible that we say we love and you know actually actually know him and walk with him and you know i I just think there can be a danger of like getting so concerned with limits and kind of you know boundaries that we actually almost scoop out the heart of the whole thing so i I don't know if you have any thoughts yeah i think that's a good point in fact uh let's just tease that out one for 30 more seconds yeah i think that's a great point because you run the risk of being misunderstood or misunderstanding yourself. So like misunderstanding and the warning is you might misunderstand what you're walking yourself into or labeling yourself as. Right. On the other hand, you can be misunderstood by people and people automatically think things of you that aren't true about you right? because of the label. So being labeled and misjudged. So I think there's a warning on both sides. Like you need to be careful that you don't just go, yeah, this is what I'm for and this is what I'm against. And be careful to use a certain term 
that might, you know, trigger warning people to go, oh, so they're, they're so you're this, 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 and this. Oh, wait, no, I'm not, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, yes, you are because you, you are that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because we're big on labels. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah, there's kind of a danger in throwing it around too casually. Yeah. Well, I know there's more we could say, but I think we should wrap this one up. Uh, listeners, we hope that was helpful to you. If you have uh, if you have questions regarding this episode that you'd like to, us to follow up on or any other questions just about anything going on in life or what you're reading in the Bible, uh, we would love to, to tackle those. You can always email us at grace at graceorange.org. Uh, but anyways, until next time, have a great week living life with the Lord. We love you. And we'll talk to you next time on the Ordinary Church Podcast. Have a great day. Bye.